What's the scoop around the NBA? Let's find out with the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory, back with another episode of the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Anthony Dittmar. How's it going, man? How's it going, man? It's been a while. How you been? I was traveling a little bit. Got to uh, see Wrigley Field. If any baseball fans are out there, a little bit of traveling, but doing well. How about yourself? And keeping up with the NBA, though. Oh, yeah. Always got to keep up with the NBA. I've been good. Thanks. So um, we'll get into your thoughts on the Celtics and Miami Heat since you've missed the last couple episodes. Obviously, me and Joe recorded yesterday, did a little preview of Game 7. Joe and I were way off on what we thought was going to happen, but we'll talk about that. Um, Before we dive into our What's the Scoop segment where we go through the NBA rumors, um, this is Episode 5 for anyone that's listening. So we do appreciate everyone that has rated the show, followed us, left a comment, a review. Um, It does help a lot. So we appreciate if you have not done it, if you could. And let's dive right into it, Anthony. So yesterday, Joe and I talked about rumors that Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors could ultimately end up stepping down later this week. Perfectly timed. Today, he officially stepped down. What are your thoughts, Anthony? Yeah, he's one of the best executives of our of our lifetimes, four championships, I think six finals. It speaks for itself. And yeah, I don't know what his next steps are. I saw a rumor that he would get into the media or take a year or two off. Some people are speculating that certain teams may pursue him. I don't know if he wants to jump right into that, maybe like wait a year or two and see like what his best option might be. But yeah, it should be interesting. Like it's a big, big changing of the guard for the Warriors. A lot of questions surrounding them with like Draymond's clay jordan Poole's future so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in golden state yeah i mean i think it's pat riley and it's bob myers like they're the top two and it was reported that he wanted to take a break so like you said maybe he takes a year off gets back into it will definitely be interesting to see what he does um and he'll be the biggest name available assuming pat riley is with the miami heat which i don't think he's ever leaving so um Real quick, Tyler Hero is aiming to return by Game 3, according to Chris Haynes. Obviously, he went down earlier in the playoffs, and it was reported, oh, Tyler Hero could be back if the Heat make the finals. And everyone laughed. It was like, oh, Tyler Hero's season is done, but he could be back Game 3. Um, don't give me your thoughts on that yet. We will talk about it more in depth when we actually get to our finals preview. Um, I want to ask you, Anthony, about Nick Nurse going to the 76ers. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, Nick Nurse is kind of like Tom Thibodeau Jr., where he's big defensive guy, asks his starter to play a lot of minutes. Obviously, Joel Embiid took a shot at Nick Nurse in the series against Brooklyn in a postgame presser saying the Nets took like a page out of Nick Nurse, uh, crying to the refs for whistles. So you think it's a good fit for him? Obviously, he chose the Philadelphia 76ers over the Phoenix Suns, ultimately. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that he chose the Sixers job over the Suns job initially because, like, I think it's more stability in Phoenix. Not that, like, it's crazy stability there because, you know, obviously they have a limited window with Kevin Durant's age, Chris Paul's age, and a lot of other factors. And then the Sixers, you don't know Harden's saying. You don't know if Embiid won out after Harden's, if Harden leaves. There's no, like, anything saying that, but... You would think the Suns are the better basketball team, like on paper. So when he took the Sixer job, I would assume that I guess he had either it was because of his relationship with Daryl Morey, 
or maybe the opportunity coach Joel and beat. I'm not really sure why he did it, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like another dominoes fall. I think it's a good hire for the Sixers. I think they definitely upgraded their head coach for sure over Doc Rivers. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I was shocked when I saw. It. I thought there was no way the Suns were going to get him. Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure he was going to the Suns. Obviously, he did not. According to John Gambadoro, um, the Suns have a list of three finalists for their head coaching position. It is the aforementioned Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, or Kevin Young. What are your thoughts on their final candidacy list? It seems like they got all their C through D options or whatever you see through F. But yeah, it seems like Nick Nurse is the prize of free agency coaches. And he was off the board. Yudoka went to Houston early. I don't know if he was even on their radar, but like another top coach off the board. It seems like they may have to settle now. If maybe they regret firing Monty Williams. He may have been the best option of all these names. We we don't we know Frank Vogel. We know Doc Rivers. Some other unproven guys. We're not as sure of. But yeah, if they if they went with Doc Rivers, I don't know. It seems like a downgrade to me. I don't know how Doc Rivers keeps getting opportunities. Like I understand he's not a terrible coach. And from him perspectively, I guess I would just take a year off after all the blown leads over the years and all those opportunities. But yeah, it seems like the Suns may have. Uh, Acts a little irrationally with their new owner kind of jumping the gun and firing Monty. I don't know about you, about you. That's what I see it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Like, I think they probably regret firing Monty Williams. As we've said before, he is like top three and wins over, I think, the last two or three seasons in the NBA. Obviously, they haven't gotten the ultimate prize of the championship and they've kind of lost in embarrassing fashion the last couple of years. But it just seems like after losing Nick Nurse, they're destined for a downgrade from Monty Williams. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the, I don't know what, what why I don't know what ner- the thing with Nurse is. It seems like there's conflicting reports that he just, like opted out of the Bucks job, and then some people say he just didn't get it. And those conflicting reports, you know, right. shams, and there's some ties with the agencies for that. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like Nurse had the option to go like anywhere, and he just said it seems the Suns were the best opportunity, and he just didn't get it. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, I don't know. Coaching Katie and Buck, I would I would coach Katie and Buck. I don't know about you. <laughs> I um, I do think it's going to end up being Kevin Young. He was the associate assistant coach there. Um, Gambo went on to say a hire could be as made as early as the end of this week. So if something does break in that situation, we will obviously discuss who they ultimately pick. And let's dive into some player rumors because obviously the NBA is a player-driven league. First, we'll talk about Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics um, per Brian Windhorst. So we kind of got conflicting reports about Jalen Brown. Brian Windhorst earlier today said in talking to people on both sides, I think there's a very good chance they're going to find ground on that. And he was talking about extending Jalen Brown, obviously. It's been well documented that the Celtics would have to pay over $600 million because of the new CBA if they were to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together with the rest of that core. Um, and then according to Bet Online AG, um, they're an online sports book, the Atlanta Hawks are the favorites to land Jalen Brown if he was traded, which is interesting to me because he has ties to the Atlanta area, correct, Anthony? He does. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I saw some stuff about that. 
So, and it's like the Atlanta Hawks, they kind of went all in on a Trey Young, DeJounte Murray backcourt, um, John Collins. Like, they have big-name players, and it's just not working out there. So the Atlanta Hawks are a team that could be looking to acquire somewhat of what's discovered or considered an elite wing in Jalen Brown, even though he was god-awful last night. So I think that makes sense. Like, what do you think's best for the Celtics? Is it time for them to blow it up? Jalen Brown to Atlanta, does it make sense? So it's tough. So, like, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and he went into a little in-depth about it as, like, a Celtics fan. And it's kind of tough because, like, the way that the CBA is kind of built, like, it's not published yet, but, like, based on, like, a lot of speculation, it's going to be really tough to keep more than two guys together and not even just have three stars. Like, it's going to be tough to have two guys plus, like, elite-level role players that the Celtics have. Like, they're paying Brogdon, Smart, and Horford, like, I think north of $15 million each. And it's just not possible to, like, pay those two guys the maxes, like the super maxes, and then keep all those players. So like, it may be enticing after like seven years of the same core to like look at a Hawk trade and maybe like try to get DeJounte Murray. I don't know if they'd flip Trey Young, but if like try to pair those two guys to see better fit. I've seen Portland rumors. I don't know. If I'm a Celtics fan, it's tough because Jalen Brown's young and like there's still like, I don't know, maybe like this potential with like him and Jason Tatum. But like, how many times are we going to see the same thing happen at the end of a playoff series where, like, teams just figure them out offensively? And maybe it doesn't make sense to have two wings as your two best players. Maybe it's better to have, like, a wing and a big guy or a wing and a point guard. I don't know. I I, I, th- I think it's 50-50 if Jalen Brown comes back or not at this point. Yeah, and it should be noted that he is a free agent after next season. Um, I mean, I think a home run trade would be if they could get Trey Young. They need, like, a point guard that can initiate offense for what about him. Dame? Um, Dame would be another one. Obviously, the Dame rumors are going to be talked about the entire summer. Um, that'd be another one. He's a little older, obviously. He makes a ton of money. His contract would be viewed as very poor in a couple years. Um, but I think the Celtics have kind of ran this as far as they can go, and it might be time to move on. Yeah, I just like it's just like yesterday. If you want, I know we're not we're gonna get into the game, but just like little turnovers. And I think Jalen Brown has just like reached his potential as a player. Like I think it's just like he's a twenty-five point per game scorer. Dribbling obviously needs work, and it's just like he's a top twenty-five guy, but nothing more. Where I think Tatum can potentially go yeah. another level. And I think it's just like you said, time to mix it up. Like I, I saw rumors that like maybe Portland sends Simons and like the third pick. If the Celtics really want to get crazy, I don't know if they'd want to reset like that, but it'll be interesting to see all summer. Yeah, I mean, Simons is a young, high upside point guard, obviously. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, from Shams Tarania, the Chicago Bulls have started contract extension talks with Nikola Vukovic. That's surprising to me, Anthony. Like, there was a lot of rumors around the deadline of the Bulls looking to move players. I did not think uh, Nicola would be a player they would want to bring back. Yeah, that's a very puzzling. I don't know. I was I was talking to my buddies about this. Like, we're just, like, been talking about since the like, second half of the year. We're just, like, the Bulls need to blow it up. Like, I was actually in Chicago recently, like I just mentioned. I was talking to some Bulls fans there, and they were just, like, this core has run its course. Like, Levine, I think Levine needs to go. Vucevic needs to go. Obviously, Lonzo has the health problems, and DeMar's up there in age. Like, I think they just need to bottom out. They own their own picks and stuff. I just think it makes more sense to just yeah. move on. But I don't know why they keep trying. Like, it's not even like – have they even won a playoffs? Have they, 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 what, like, won two playoff games of the score? 
Yeah, and they missed the playoffs this most recent season, obviously losing in the play-in to the Miami Heat, who are now in the NBA Finals. And they were first on exit the year before, so it's not like they really accomplished a hell of a lot. So I don't know what their really end goal is here, kind of just stuck in purgatory. It seems like Vucevic is over the hill, so it doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, and like Joe and I were talking about yesterday, there was a report, um, I'm trying to find it real quick as I talk, that said they, uh, I think it was from The Athletic or something, that they don't expect Zach Levine to finish out his massive five-year contract in Chicago. And I think DeRozan's playing on an expiring of this upcoming season. He's getting up there in age. It hasn't worked out. So I don't know why they'd want to bring Vukovic back. That's something to keep an eye on. And then to finish up, let's talk about the Lakers. Um, most notably, D'Angelo Russell. This comes from at NBA Trade Report on Twitter, saying sources D'Angelo Russell and his camp are expecting a sign and trade to Miami this offseason, which one is interesting because the timing is weird. Like the Miami Heat just made the NBA Finals. Like, why? Would they be leaking anything about trying to sign and trade for anyone, especially D'Angelo Russell, who had a horrible postseason? Like, the timing makes no sense. I understand they're probably going to look to upgrade their roster um, over Kyle Lowry. Like, is D'Angelo Russell really an upgrade? I mean, he should be, but Kyle Lowry just makes basketball-winning plays. He's obviously over the hill, not in his prime. It's just weird to me. So, I don't know. You think this is credible? You think it's just like a throw out there? Like, NBA Trade Report, I want to say, has been on the money in the past. So, that's why I'm even bringing it up. They're not just some random-ass account. They have like 20-something followers. 20,000-something 20 20, followers. So, what do you think, Anthony? Yeah, no, I saw this too. And I was just like really confused. Like you said, the Heat are in the finals right now. And it doesn't seem like it's like, oh, the Heat are just in a game. Or like, like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, they made the finals. Right. <laughs> the next level. This just seems like a lateral slash downgrade move. And I feel like if like a team like the heat that just got to the finals, with like a scrappy roster around Jimmy Butler, like they'd want to get like another like alpha in there to like solidify what they have, not like someone in the middle of the road like that. So I, I feel like this might be a D'Angelo Russell leak uh, from his camp because you already, it was already stated like the Mavs weren't interested in him. He might not have a, like a whole of a lot of interest because teams only want to pay him. So maybe just like a leverage play because I don't understand where this came from. Yeah, and it's not even like the Heat are down like 3-0 in the finals. Like they're about to be out. They're trying to leak that they want to get like an upgraded talent. Like we haven't even started the finals yet. So that's why the timing makes no sense. If it came from Russell's camp, that would make a little more sense. Um, And then from Lakers Daily. NBA GMs say there's no overwhelming sentiment from the Lakers that they want Kyrie Irving. It's just LeBron James. So what that's saying is the Lakers don't want Kyrie. LeBron James does. Yeah, that seems like maybe that's why LeBron was teasing the retirement. Maybe he's like, I need another like alpha in here. Like if you're the Lakers, you just got out of like the hell that you were in before with like a three star approach where like the rest of the roster is like borderline G League players and like you corrected it midseason and kind of got some depth with the moves that you made and like you saw it pay dividends you went from a 13 seed to the West Finals and now why would you go back to that because then you're like yeah maybe you can keep Reeves and sign Kyrie but you're still cutting the roster again like you probably lose Hachimura you probably lose Vanderbilt like yeah Beasley didn't play you might lose him same with Bomba like you're just doing the same thing again. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense given Kyrie's past the last few years of like creating situations that like 
that's where teams fall apart. I'm not saying it's gonna happen again, but also I'm not saying it's not gonna happen again. It just seems like it's unnecessary. So I don't know if this is gonna be like a leverage play between LeBron and the Lakers going into free agency, but I don't know if they could even like give him the max and like put a competitive team out there. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's some uh, smoke behind this. Obviously, I believe LeBron wanted Kyrie at the trade deadline. Um, I think LeBron made it pretty clear that he was disappointed they didn't get Kyrie at the trade deadline. Obviously, they have the past together in Cleveland, and like Kyrie has mentioned being successful with LeBron. LeBron was successful with Kyrie. So I definitely think there's some smoke there. It's just how do the Lakers pull it off, and do they listen to LeBron, who's 38 years old now? Like, are they going to offer Kyrie that kind of money when who knows how long LeBron has? Like, he already mentioned retirement. I don't think anyone actually thinks he's considering retiring. It's more of like a leverage play, like I think he said. Like, he's trying to push the Lakers' hand of, I need someone I want to win now. Like, I don't want to just make the conference finals. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, I think he if he goes out, he's gonna want a retirement tour. We mentioned the Bronny stuff. Like I don't know, but like there's right. no way he goes out like that. Like we know he's gonna be back at least next year with the Lakers. But like who's to say the Lakers aren't terrible at the trade deadline? Maybe he wants out then. Like who knows? Yep. And then real quick, uh from on fire digital, that's A H N. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, they have a report that sources told them Steve Kerr could ultimately take over for Greg Popovich in San Antonio with Kenny Atkinson replacing Kerr in Golden State. Um, they mentioned the loss of executive Bob Myers, um, how Popovich is getting up there with age, although winning the lottery could entice him to stay. Uh, mentioning Kerr's strong ties to the Spurs organization as he played four of his last five seasons there. Do you think this is something that makes sense, Anthony? I didn't see this until you just mentioned it. Um, To be honest, no. I think Kerr is going to ride out at least the Golden State thing a couple more years as long as Curry's in his prime. I think Popovich is going to want to see at least a couple years of Victor Wimbanaya to see like where that goes. If this guy's as generational as like some may think, like maybe he rides it out for three or more years. So maybe like three to four years from now, the timing might make sense where Curry retires, Popovich retires, and Wimbanaya's in his prime. So Kerr just like transitions over once the Warriors run is over. But I think they gotta let I think Kerr has to at least give it a couple more tries with like Steph and if Clay's there a couple more years. But we'll see because it can get ugly fast. If Draymond's out of this year and then they have another like subpar year where they lose early in the playoffs, everything's on the table, but like not I don't think it's really smoke at least for a year or two. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Anything that you saw that I did not just go through real quick? Is there anything that I missed? From a rumor standpoint, no. Like right now, it's a part of the offseason where I just think people are just like spewing stuff out there. You have to like kind of decipher with what's legit, what's legit, what's not. And like between there, we still have the finals to go. So like as the finals gets like towards the end. I think stuff will become like more clear in terms of like rumors, the draft and like all that. But I think right now it's a lot of people just throwing stuff out there. So I would just say decipher through the rumors, believe what you want. But like, unless it says Shams or Woj, it's not official until you see one of those. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would throw Brian Windhorst in that class as well. And Chris, yeah, that's fair. for the like most part. Here. Yeah. So I agree. Like the most part, it's just rumors. Take what you want from it. It's being talked about on Twitter, so we want to talk about it here. 
Um, all right, let's dive into real quick the Eastern Conference Finals. As I mentioned before, Joe and I recorded an episode yesterday in the afternoon before the game. We both picked the Boston Celtics to win. We said the only way the Celtics don't win is if the Celtics shoot like shit and the Miami Heat shoot the lights out of the ball. That is what happened. Granted, there was other factors. The Celtics just played bad, personally. Like, Jason Tatum rolled his ankle 26 seconds into the game. He wasn't the same player. What are your takes on the game, Anthony? Like, the fans in Boston were shocked. Like, it was quiet in there in the second half. Like, it was a blowout, beatdown. It wasn't even close. Yeah, like, the, the, the tone was set when Tatum hurt his ankle in the first play of the game. Like, you kind of could tell he was uh, compromised from there on out. But, like, the story all year watching the Celtics with, like, Joe Mazzulla's head coach, I don't know if you noticed this, they're so feast or famine on the three-point shot. When the shot's not falling, they really don't have an offense. Like, it's just, like, guys running out there. And I think as in our experience, as, like, uh, like watching other teams, like, I've seen the Nets do this with, like, Steve Nash under there where, like, there's no offense. It's just isolations. And either a three-point shot or it's ugly. And I just think that's what happened. Like, there was not a bad shooting. There was no flow. Jalen kept turning the ball over. It was just ugly. Like, the Celtics could not shoot. It, they seem like a team that's in desperate need of, like, a better offensive and defensive system on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with the Rockets when they lost in the Western Conference Finals several years back. They missed, like, what was I don't know the exact number. I think it was 17 or some crazy number threes in a row. And, like, the Celtics were threatening to break that record last night. Charles Barkley made a comment out of it on halftime. Of the, I think he called them, like, dumbasses or something and said he, it's painful to watch them. Um, they're missing threes, yet they just keep chucking them. Um, Jalen Brown was bad, man. Like, Jason Tatum was bad too, but I'm giving him a pass because he very clearly hurt his ankle. Very clearly, like rolled it bad. If this was a regular season game, maybe even an earlier game in the series, he probably wasn't coming back into the game. Um, and that's when you turn to Jalen Brown, who's supposed to be your number two like elite guy. And it's, I think he had eight or nine turnovers. He was bad. The only player that played good on the Celtics was Derek White. Everyone else was bad. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, when you're top, when you have, like, a double-star duo, like, we are talking about Jalen Brown before, like, you expect if, like, your one guy goes down, the other guy picks up some of the slack. I'm not saying, like, you, you, you're you scoring 50, but, like, at least play a game where, like, you can carry, like, some of the, like, the stuff that you were losing from him. And it was just worse. Like, honestly, I think Tatum played better at hobbled because at least he didn't do, like, all the negative stuff that Jalen did. Like you said, Derek White was the only guy like really attacking the rim and scoring. Like everyone else was kind of stagnant or sitting on the three point line. It was just ugly. Then the Caleb Martin show just continued. Like Charlotte cut him last year, and like the like, Heat just have a knack for like role players uh, overperforming, and that's what happened. I thought he should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, but that's just me. I was I was just gonna ask you like perfect transition. Do you think he should have won Eastern Conference Finals MVP over Jimmy Butler? Obviously, you just answered that question. I saw the voting. I believe uh, Butler got one more vote than Caleb Martin, if I'm not mistaken. It was five four, yeah. And I mean, I I personally think Caleb Martin should have gotten it as well. Obviously, Jimmy Butler was good. He's their leader. He's their best player. But Caleb Martin, they don't win that series without him. And back to Jalen Brown real quick. Like, you were mentioning 
don't have to go off for 50. Like, you don't even have to win the game for your team, but at least keep them in it. Like, he played them out of the game. He did not just keep them in it. Like, he hurt them. He wasn't just average. He literally hurt them on the court. Eight turnovers. Yeah. Eight turnovers. I don't know. It was, like, painful to watch where it was almost like, is this guy really a max player? Like, I don't know. I don't want to put. I'm not paying that guy fifty million dollars. I'll say that right now. Like that, if I, yeah. that's me, I would feel very uneasy about it. Or where I think now that's where some of the smoke's coming from. Like, what do you do with right. like that kind of situation? So it'll be interesting to see, like how the Celtics play it. I agree. Which kind of transitions us perfectly into our finals preview. Um, Bam Adebayo was bad again. And now the Miami Heat overcame it because the Boston Celtics only scored 84 points. They shot 9 of 42 from three. Um, Like, the Celtics were bad. 15 turnovers. Like I said, they only scored 84 points. So the Heat were able to overcome it. Um, But the Denver Nuggets are a different monster. And obviously everything runs through Nikola Jokic on that team, who, bam, will most likely have to be his primary defender. To have any chance at winning this series, see, I Bam has to be a lot better, right? Yeah, like you said, like Bam needs to be a co-star. Like we were just talking about Jalen being a co-star. It seemed like Jimmy Butler was playing with all role players, and that includes Bam out of aisle. If anything, right, <laughs> like the fourth or fifth best player, like in the series. Like I would say, Duncan Robinson was better. Caleb Martin was better. I would say Max Struess at times was better. Like, it's kind of pathetic. Like, this guy's supposed to be, like, your co-star, your Max guy. Like, and he's not. And that's why it's even more remarkable that the Heat are here, honestly. Because, like, on paper, you would say Lowry, Butler, and Bam are, like, the big three, quote-unquote. It's really just Butler. And then just a bunch of role guys. Yeah. And it's like... I don't want to count out the Miami Heat because I've counted I counted out against Milwaukee. Now they got some help with Giannis going down. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately, like they still won. It they won in five, right? Yeah, so long ago. Five. And then the Knicks was a pick'em for me, so I don't really think they that was a real upset. And then I gave them a zero percent chance at beating the Boston Celtics. Stupid me! I should never have trusted that team. They showed they were super inconsistent all postseason. And I mean, ESPN gave the Heat a three percent chance to beat the Celtics. They have now given the Heat an eight percent chance to Ooh, beat the Denver great. Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Denver is such a complete team. I think like all the flaws we saw from the Bucks and the Celtics, the Nuggets are like a non-flawed team. Maybe the only team in the league that probably doesn't really have a flaw. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I would say, like, my heart says, like, Nuggets in five. That's all, like, I'm, that's all I'm thinking. But I, they keep shocking me. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's just – I would love to see the series go six or seven. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, these aren't, like, two major teams. Like, we don't have Lakers-Celtics. Like, we don't have the Warriors against LeBron. Like, I think if this series is going to – gain a lot of like national attention like this gotta go six or seven and Tyler Hero is the wild card I think if he comes back like could it potentially hurt the Heat who have had a good thing going without him like obviously Hero is a talented scorer but he's not a gritty defender like what they've been putting out there could his return actually hurt the Heat instead of helping them 
I, it's not out of the question. Like he's obviously gonna be rusty. Like he's gonna like run. Like if it was regular season, he'd probably be out a little bit longer. Like I don't know, like how, what he's gonna look like. I saw like he's targeting a game three return. For all we know, it could be two nothing at that point. So maybe they need like something to change it up. But who knows? Like it can. I guess see what you're saying though. Like yeah, like they have a like, continuity going. He's been out since like game two of the first rounds. Like it's it's been like a month and a half since we've seen him on the court, and they already have like a set rotation. So who like exits the rotation for the Heat? How do minutes get distributed? I don't know. Idea. It'll be interesting though to see. Like it's probably like a, a card up there sleeve yeah and i think you make a good point like if you're down 2-0 and he's back ready for game three like what do you have to lose by playing him but if you steal a game in denver it's 1-1 like you're playing well do they think about maybe not wanting to bring him back like that's that's a tough situation if any organization can handle it though it's pat riley and eric Solstra. like they're the perfect team to have this dilemma um full trust in them in that aspect but as terms of like talent on paper they're once again completely outmatched 100 yeah if anybody i trust anybody at spolstra like they've proven they can do it so it'd be interesting to see like definitely be like an interesting wrinkle to the series they got to steal one in denver that's gonna be tough they've been nuggets been off for a week now yeah i mean that could be an advantage. That could be a disadvantage. It comes back to the, oh, are they well-rested or are they going to be rusty? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It, 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 the Heat are going to be on their game. They had their flight booked already, so they're ready to go to Denver. But we'll see if uh, how it plays out with that. Yeah, I do I do just think that the Denver Nuggets are a different animal than what the Heat have seen. Obviously, they've gone through Milwaukee and Boston. Like I said, Giannis was hurt and then hobbled. Boston has been inconsistent all postseason. And really, in the, at, towards the end of the regular season as well, I think they kind of all tricked us of what they were last year, which was a pretty elite playoff team. Um, but they lost Ime Udoka. Um, they just they struggled against Atlanta, and then they fell behind 3-1 against Philly. Then they fell down 3-0 against Miami. So, like... I think the Nuggets are just a team. Like I've said before, they're a core that's been together. One of the rare teams in the NBA that like has been given a chance to build together and not blown up after one playoff series loss. They didn't file their fire their coach, and they just keep getting better and better. And I think they've been getting better and better as long as these playoffs have gone as well. Yeah, it's nice to see. They're like it's pretty refreshing. They're like a drama free team. Like they've been building together. You said. Five to six years of this core with like the best players and their coach, they've been able to like fine tune their role players since like they've like as of the last few years. Like you see guys like Will Barton and like some other some other guys, and now they've really like have elite role players like Bruce Brown. You have Jeff Green. You have a bunch of other guys like Tavius Caldwell Pope. Like it's it's a it's a very well oiled balanced team. All right, Anthony. So let's make our picks on the finals. I know we've especially myself and Joe, we looked foolish after picking Boston pretty much for the series. And then we picked Boston again for game seven. So we haven't picked the heat, but nuggets in five was trending on Twitter last night, like directly after the heat won. Do you give the heat like any chance of winning the series? I want to, I'll give them a chance, but my heart says nuggets in five, to be honest, I give the heat one because they based on like everything they proved so far. But like I don't know, I just don't see a world where they do it. I'd be, I will be shocked. It, I'll, I'll be shocked. But like, it's Jimmy Butler's. I guess I he's on the table now. But I'm gonna go Nuggets in five. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I've been very, like, bl- very blatantly saying that they have no chance at winning these series. And it's like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to give them a chance. Like, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Bam. Hopefully, Bam will be a little better. Like, from a neutral fan perspective, like, I want a good series because there's no basketball again for several months. Like, I don't want this to be blowouts, go four games. Like, that's no fun for anyone. No fun for fans. It's not fun for the NBA who loses a ton of money. So I do hope the Miami Heat put up a fight. But like I said before, I do. I just think they're pretty outmatched in this series. And I think it's even worse than what they went up against with Milwaukee and Boston. So I'm I'm going Nuggets as well. I'm not going to pick them out because I've been burned too many times with the Heat this postseason. But I do think the Nuggets are ultimately going to win. I think so too. Yeah. Well, I hope it's a good series, like you said. Like, I hope it was six or seven to get entertaining uh, final stretch of basketball until we don't have any until October. Yeah, and then just real quick before we wrap up, I want to talk about Jokic and what it would mean for him if he was to win the championship this year. Um, I, I saw on Twitter, there are some people already discrediting this championship run by the Nuggets um, because they've beaten some pretty low seeds is what they were arguing. Obviously, they're the one seed, so they beat the eight seed in the first round. Then they beat the Suns, who were five. Were they four or five? I can't remember off the top of my head. Four. And then they beat the Lakers, who were seven. And then they're playing the Miami Heat now, who are eight in the East. Does this, like, discredit Jokic's run and the Nuggets' run at all? Or do they just beat whoever is in front of them? I think it's it's a legit run. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the standings were so close. Like, if people were complaining about seeding, like, the Lakers were two games from being the four seed. Like, the 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 T-Wolves were a little far out, but, like, they were one seed, so they earned that. And then they got the Laker, the war, and they played the Suns, who were a very good team and were, if anything, underseeded. If Kevin Durant and Booker play all year, they're probably higher than they would be. Like, yeah, they're playing the Heat in the finals, which is, like, much probably on paper easier than playing the Celtics or the Bucks. But they earned it. So, like, it's, not, it's no knock to them. Like, they had a great run. They've been dominant. It's not like they won on some fluky plays either. They've taken care of business pretty fast. They only have three losses the entire postseason. Right, and once again, this is just strictly hypotheticals, of course, because they haven't even played a game yet against the Heat, so they haven't won the finals yet. And I just thought it was crazy that, I mean, it's disrespectful to the teams they played. Like you said, the Lakers weren't a typical seven seed. The Suns, if they have a full season of KD and Booker, they're a top three seed. And I know that the Suns had injuries. And then the Timberwolves, like, yeah, they played an eight seed in the first round. Every one seed plays an eight seed in the first round. That's what you get for taking the regular season serious. So if they do go on to beat the Miami Heat in the finals, I think it's just asinine to say that, oh, this finals run doesn't count. It's not impressive. They beat two eight seeds and a seven. Like, no, that's a bunch of bullshit to me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's much, it's much a hogwash. Yeah, well, man, it's been uh, good to have you back on the show. Hopefully, we'll hear you uh, more often now that you're not traveling anymore. Anything I missed you want to talk about real quick? No, I think we had everything. I'm excited for the finals. I'm glad to be back on the show, talk about some hoops. Excited for the finals, excited for the draft, excited for the offseason. Enjoy the finals while they're here because, yeah, it's fun to talk about, like, trades and free agency and all these things. But keep in mind, once that's over and it's, like, mid-July, there's really nothing going on for two to three months. So, appreciate ball while you can because you only get the finals once a year so just appreciate it yeah that's completely fair and um so right now just to 
before we wrap up here real quick, this is Tuesday night. The finals obviously will begin on Thursday. Um, game one will be in Denver. Um, and let's just hope for a good series. Let's wrap up here, Anthony. Thank you for listening to the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share. We greatly appreciate all the support. Until next time, bye bye